the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. Great to be back. Thank you, Julie Hartman. Sat in for me yesterday. Did a magnificent job, which I'm not surprised about. And I'm here in Atlanta. We're on the battleground tour with some of my Salem colleagues. And we were in Orlando, Florida last night. Tonight, Atlanta. Tomorrow night, Philadelphia. And then Thursday night, Pittsburgh. And those of you listening in those cities are more than welcome to attend if there are still seats, obviously. So just contact the Salem station. They're, uh, they're wonderful evenings. A lot of enthusiasm among the, the people attending. Julie yesterday played for you something I had played when it, when it happened. The pledge at the University of Minnesota Medical School, a pledge by the students uh, to be woke, uh, is a very frightening scene to see the future doctors and other medical people as sheep, as blindly following sick human beings who have taken over medical schools as they have our newspapers and so much else. Very scary stuff. She pointed out that it was so humiliating. It's a great point. Repeat after me, you sheep. And they all did. Even announcing that they were standing on land robbed from various Native American nations. It began with that. Let us now affirm that our allegiance is to leftism, and not Americanism. And they all did. The medical profession has been so compromised that it's it's difficult to know how one chooses a doctor these days. Are you first committed to medicine or are you first committed to progressive politics? They're even teaching in medical schools courses now. They're actually taking time from medical studies to have people study or be indoctrinated in, to be more precise, the the leftist outlook on, on life. There isn't an area of life that the left touches that it does not ruin, as I have, have pointed out. Please see my column today. It's at DennisPrager.com and many other places, but the easiest, I guess, is either Dennis Prager or Town Hall. Why the left hates conservatism is the topic and it's a very important piece. 
I, I don't care about the fact that it sounds wrong for me to tell you I wrote an important piece, but if I didn't think it was important, I wouldn't write it. So anyway, it, it is what it is. It is an important piece. Conservatives conserve the best of the past. Progressives hate conservatism because they don't want to conserve the best from the past. The past is basically old, and old is almost definitionally irrelevant. You're, you're going you're gonna to read that old white European male Shakespeare? University of Pennsylvania English Department has announced. We're ta- we're, they did. They took down the mural of Shakespeare, the greatest English language writer who ever lived. And instead, they have a, uh, a modern contemporary, I don't know if she's living, I think she's living, non-white lesbian poet, non-American, non-English, and that that is what matters. He's dead white male. That That's no good. The past is irrelevant to the left. It's because they believe that they are morally superior to essentially all those who lived. Are you better than Jefferson? Of course, I don't own slaves. Are you better than Washington? Of course, I don't own slaves. Are you better than Moses? Of course. He, uh, uh, let's see, he led the invasion of Canaan. I don't know, pick, he'll pick out something. Everybody before the modern leftist, the contemporary leftist, was morally inferior. Is Michelangelo the, the greatest? One of the greatest artists who ever lived? Eh, it's a matter of taste. I personally like the poop exhibit in the Netherlands. Yeah, it's a major poop exhibit. Take a look. New York Times gave it serious coverage. I told you about this. Giant poops the size, oh, I don't know, 12 feet high. That, that's modern art for you in a nutshell. I, I couldn't agree more about that. Poop is beautiful. That's right. How do you like that? Michelangelo, eh, but poop, oh, yeah, thumbs up. This is the uh, this is the world of those who hate conservatism. They hate conserving because p- compared to the best of the past, these people are, in, are utterly inept. I follow music uh, avidly, as you know. I periodically conduct orchestras, so I follow the music world. Music critics who are as uh, as superficial as sports writers, not because sports writers write on sports. They're great when they write on sports. They're superficial when they write on other things like changing the Cleveland Indians to the Cleveland Commanders, or is it Guardians? Who's the Commanders? Oh, the Redskins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Guardians. They're in the playoffs, and I... I I say this in front of a diehard Yankee fan. I root against the Yankees, but I'm rooting for the Yankees because I don't want the Guardians to win. (laughs) To be honest, I have a lot of listeners in Cleveland. You lost me when they changed their name. There's nothing wrong with the name Cleveland Indians. There was nothing wrong with the name Washington Redskins. The Washington Post, which led the crusade to change the name Redskins, published a major poll study it made of American Indians, of Native Americans. 
overwhelmingly, they couldn't care less about the name Redskins. To their credit, they published the results. I guess they had no choice because everybody knew they were, they were taking the poll. American Indians don't give a damn about the name Indians. Don't give a damn, a damn about the name Redskins. It's white, rich, bored liberals. They're the ones who lead this crusade. And sports writers, or in my case here, music music writers. Let's this this conductor doesn't program enough good, new music. He just loves doing the classics. That's a common, common uh, criticism. They don't ask, is the new music good? They just ask, is it new? New is good. So what have we given the next generation? That's the question I ask in my essay in defending and explaining conservatism. We conserve the best of the past, the best art, the best music, the best sculpture, the the best literature the best ideas, the best wisdom, the best values. We conserve them and pass them on to the next generation so that they can enjoy the best that humans have made. It is our obligation to the next generation to give them the best, not the newest. By the way, the new becomes old so quickly. So what do they get? Nothing. They get nothing. As I write in my column today, I don't believe that half of America's college students could spell Beethoven, let alone identify a single piece of music he wrote. Now, if you don't consider that staggering, well, we have a different set of criteria, don't we? They can't spell his name. I don't know if they could spell Mozart, which is easier than Beethoven. Beethoven has two E's. That's very, very confusing if you've never seen the name, and they probably haven't. But I'll tell you what they are getting on campus. They're really getting courses in preferred pronouns. That's important. That's what you send your kid to college for. I'll report to you the latest. USC, the University of Southern California, has now joined the ranks of universities and colleges having sex week. I was on a campus, I don't even, I know it was in Chicago area, I don't remember which, giving a lecture. By chance, I was there during sex week. Maybe that's why they invited me. Very sexy guy. I get it. I get it. I, had, I know, till now, I never put two and two together. <laughs> Dennis Prager, sex week. <laughs> that is really awesome. Anyway, I was there during sex week, and and the place is just, you know, saturated with signs for sex week. Well, imagine if they had a week, wisdom week, (laughs) ethics week. Oh, God week. Give me a break. God week. (laughs) There would be more protests at God week than anything else you could have created. We shall return, 1-8 Prager 776. History repeats itself, and we're seeing that play out with inflation. When Jimmy Carter took office in the late 70s, gold sold for $140 an ounce. By 1980, the price of gold topped out at $870 an ounce. If today's market performs like it did when Carter was in office, the price of gold could skyrocket from $1,800 an ounce to $9,300 an ounce. 
This is Dennis Prager for AmFed Coin and Bullion. Don't miss out on a great opportunity to purchase precious metals while the prices are still stable. If history repeats itself, we'll see a run on gold, silver, and platinum that will certainly drive up prices. Be smart and buy now, as I am. At AmFed, you're dealing with specialists who provide you with personalized attention, honest information, and sound advice. You'll never be pressured into buying outrageously priced so-called collectible coins or anything that you don't need. Take advantage of today's prices. AmFed Coin and Bullion. 800-221-7694. AmericanFederal.com. AmericanFederal.com. All right, everybody, welcome back to Atlanta, Georgia. Dennis Prager here. So, my friends, we are uh, really in the battle of our lifetime in America today. What's happening to the military? You know that they can't recruit anybody? Well, I mean, they can recruit some people, obviously. Let me, let me, let me get this to you. It's a, a very a very difficult uh, thing for me to cover. The military is the area you you would wish were were doing well, and and yet we uh, our our military is suffering terribly. Let's see here. I'm gonna yeah. Here we go. The Pentagon's recruiting woes. Fewer young people want or are able to serve a big problem for U.S. security. Another thing the left has touched and ruined, ruining the, the military. But they're very woke. Oh, and of course they kick out some of their best, the ones who refuse to be vaccinated. The vaccine has turned out to be a farce, a medical and moral farce. So ironic. Had you listened to this show and not to the CDC, you would have been so much better off. It, it's, uh, I'm not happy about that. I didn't take the vaccine. My wife didn't get vaccinated. I'm going to give a speech in Denmark in two weeks. I'm going to talk to them about their decision not to have people under 50 or 60, I don't remember, vaccinated unless there's an absolute need for it with someone with great comorbidities. As I said to you many times, either Harvard is right or Denmark is right. They, they can't both be right. The U.S. Army recently told the press that it missed its fiscal year recruiting goal by 25%, coming up short nearly 20,000 soldiers. For 50 years, America has relied on volunteers to defend the country, but that system is a luxury maintained at a cost, and its struggles its struggles deserve attention. Meanwhile, Xi, the dictator of, of China, gave his a big speech in China this past weekend and announced that he wishes China to be the world's greatest power, overtake the West, And he may not have to do a damn thing. The West is committing suicide, thanks to the left, the most despicable movement in American history, except for the pro-slavery movement. 
The Army's troubles are acute but not unique. The Air Force barely hit its numbers for 2022. The Navy met its targets for enlisted sailors but came up short about 200 officers. Both the Navy and Air Force had to dip into delayed entry. Pools of recruits usually kept in a holding pattern for later, which means the services will start a new recruiting year in an even tougher position. The numbers are worse in the reserves. Several factors are contributing to the shortfall. Fewer than one quarter of Americans ages 17 to 24 are eligible to serve, and the reasons for disqualifications include obesity, addiction, and criminal history. Wow. I don't know if you got that. You probably didn't, because you heard one quarter. But it's fewer than one quarter are qualified. Fewer than one quarter of Americans 17 to 24 are eligible to serve. Three quarters of Americans ages 17 to 24 are not eligible because of their obesity, addiction, and or criminal history. Three quarters, 17 to 24, your healthiest years of life. Whoa. The decision to close high schools during the pandemic, another left-wing idea, closing schools. Just just to remind you, there was no reason to close schools. None. It was a criminal act against children by the teachers' unions and all the teachers who supported it. This is such bad news. So uh, let me just tell you something about the depression and all sorts of things. I'm not talking about clinical depression talking about induced depression because of bad news. You choose whether or not to be paralyzed by sadness or whatever when you hear these things. I am not. I am invigorated to fight. The guys can go on Normandy Beach. I can at least fight with YouTube and and Facebook and at my local school board meeting and in helping out elections and in sending a damn check to ADF and the other good things that work, okay? You have a choice to despair or to fight. Nobody fights when they have despair. Despair, as I have quoted from a great biblical commentator that I used for my, using for my next book, Numbers Deuteronomy, just came out. Despair is a sin. Back in a moment. Most of us know that being online means that everything we do is under constant surveillance, whether it's big tech companies creating detailed profiles of our personal lives or government agencies scanning our emails even when we haven't done anything wrong. Our privacy has never been more at risk. How can we make sure our personal information stays private? The first thing is to switch to a secure email service such as StartMail, which keeps emails safe. Every email can be encrypted or protected with a password, which means no one can read, scan, or sell your private information without your consent. When you delete an email, it's gone forever. Another thing I like about StartMail is that you can generate unlimited disposable email addresses so I never have to give out my real email anymore. Switching to StartMail is simple. Your emails and contacts are transferred in a few clicks. Sign up with StartMail today and you'll get 50% off your first year. Go to startmail.com slash Prager. Howdy doody, everybody. 
Peace in the Wall Street Journal. I'm reading to you about what's happening to our military. I just want to repeat in case you forgot it because it's so easy to forget. You hear so many things. I do, too. I forget. Three quarters of Americans ages 17 to 24 are not eligible to serve because of either obesity, addiction, or criminal history. That's not the only reason they can't find recruits, enough recruits. Fewer than 1 in 10 youth are inclined to serve, according to survey data. Dismal civic education hasn't helped. Teenagers taught to think America is a racist or imperialist country won't wear the uniform. Exactly right. Everything the left touches, it destroys. The military is the next. Has your kid been taught to to love this country in school? To love anything about this country? Your kid has probably been taught that this country is a despicable place. Systemically racist, built on slavery, imperialist, capitalist inequality, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic. Phobia-phobic, uh, hands-phobic Anderson. No, that doesn't work. I, I'm giving it a try, and that one failed. I have to, I will acknowledge it. Uh, thank you, Sean. Back in L.A., Sean found it funny. I think it's because of the time zones. Maybe he didn't hear it correctly. Anyway... That's what they learn. Then you wonder why they're depressed. They have nothing to believe in other than fight global warming. What a deep life that is. So in in Britain, you see what they're doing? Young people, they're all young people. They glue their hands to great paintings. (laughs) And one of these girls said into the camera, Something to the effect, we have to care more about life than art. So that's why they damage great artworks on behalf of getting off oil. They have been truly effectively brainwashed. Back to America and uh, and, and the reasons for not finding people to serve. Teenagers taught to think America is a racist or imperialist country won't wear the uniform. The left portrays the military as a retrograde institution where sexual assault and extremism are rampant, which is not borne out by evidence. To which, the, uh, of course, the obvious answer is, if you're evidence-based, you're not going to be a leftist. The rights, of, the rights affinity for military service this is really depressing and, and totally accurate. The right's affinity for military service is also in free fall. Only 53% of Republicans, quote, had, had, quote, a great deal of confidence, unquote, in, a, in the military in a 2021 survey. A 17-point drop in less than a year. 
flag officers have too often associated themselves with vogue political causes, promoting books on anti-racism, for example, as the Navy's top officer did last year. This is right. This is why the traditional conservative is not wanting to serve either. You you want to serve these left-wing fanatics, ideologues, who don't give a damn about the military, but they love the uniform and they love the prestige. The services may need to relax the COVID-19 vaccine mandate as a a concession to reality. Thousands of National Guard members have refused it. And they're the best. Overwhelmingly, the ones who refuse to be vaccinated are the best because they they are individuals who think for themselves. God bless them. I, I clearly would have been thrown out of the armed forces. The recruiting crisis is an opportunity for Congress to drive a tank over anachronistic practices that Congress recently saw fit to pass a cash supplement for some service members suggests the military pay scales aren't competitive with the private economy. The 4.6% raise slated for next year doesn't match inflation. Illegal drug trafficking has turned our southern border into a war zone, a war that no one wants to talk about, so that's why I urge you to see Border Battle, the new six-part limited documentary series from Turning Point USA that exposes the sheer evil and inhumanity of drug cartels and the illegal drug trade. How the drug fentanyl, the cartel Jalisco New Generation, and the Sinaloa Cartel have created the worst overdose death crisis in American history. We've never seen this before in the history of our country. Hear directly from drug and border patrol agents about the horrific conditions along the border and what life is really like on the front lines. Watch Border Battle now. Download the full six-part documentary series at SalemNow.com. Use the promo code Prager to get 20% off. That's SalemNow.com. Don't forget to use the promo code Prager for 20% off. Hello, my friends. Hello from Atlanta, Georgia. In Orlando last night. Tonight we have an event here in Atlanta. Tomorrow night, Philadelphia. Thursday night, Pittsburgh. And where this is the battleground tour that the Salem Network has, uh, Salem Media have organized, which we have done this for decades now, every two years, going around to battleground states. And I'm with my colleagues, Mike Gallagher and Sebastian Gorka, and we're having a, a lovely time. A lot of work, but a lovely time. The trick is to find a time at some point in the day to have a cigar. This is uppermost in my mind, which just shows you that my mind is not cluttered with personal problems. Right? I mean, let's be honest. If I'm worried about where am I going to find, when am I going to find time, and where will I go to have a cigar, is uppermost on my mind. Things are going pretty well in my life. They're not going pretty well in my country's life. But I'll tell you, life is micro and macro. 
Sometimes the macro's good and the micro's bad. Sometimes the micro's good, the macro's bad. That's not that's the case for me now. Sometimes both are bad. <laughs> Sometimes both are good. Such is life, my friends. So here's a, a piece for you from today. The College Fix reports, very good website. USC, University of Southern California, debuts inaugural sex week. It's important. That's important. Which will include, are you ready? Eric Hansen is in the studio, one of the great engineers of America, along with Sean. And uh, he is going to really be happy to hear this. It will include... Plant play. Now, folks, I know Whoa. that you're right. Exactly, that was that was worthy a worthy response. For years, universities across the nation have hosted Sex Week events every year. Now, the University of Southern California has decided to get in on the action. As this week, what do people pay to send their kids to USC? Is it sixty thousand dollars, probably? Well, no, not if you're a California resident. I don't know what, but it's they're all expensive. This is important, right? This is, in the age of hookup culture, this is particularly important. But the sexualization of young people, uh, now obviously by college, they're already, uh, they've lost a lot of their innocence, I agree. But who needs this? I could think of so many more important weeks I mentioned when I said I would talk about this last hour. This week, several student groups at USC will host the campus's inaugural sex week. On tap, quote, buy a sex toy, make 21-plus pottery. What is 21-plus pottery? Pottery for people over 21. I Obviously, I understand that, but... Adult pottery? Did you take an adult pottery class? I want you to know, folks, Eric Hansen, who is with me, majored in adult pottery. He is the only person I know with a master's in adult pottery. So it's very fitting that you're here. An experiment with plant play. We felt it was the right time to help openly address that young adulthood is when many people have sex or are thinking about what type of sexual identity practices community gender really fits who they are. Now, I'm curious to all of you, when you were in college, did you wonder what sexual identity you fit? I'll bet not. It shows you the power of society. If any of you ever wondered what's more powerful, nature or nurture, and I've always wondered it, to be honest, that we have so many young people now saying that they are non-binary proves, or at least argues strongly, that nurture is more powerful than nature. It is so powerful It can convince you that you are not a boy or not a girl. That is how powerful society is in influencing people. 
I said from the beginning, remember when Hillary Clinton came out with her book, It Takes a Village? Remember, It Takes a Village to Raise a Child? I said she was 100% right. The problem is I can't stand her village's values. But she's right that it takes a village. And we have weakened the, the, the village that had elevating values. That sees the human as more than an animal. A calendar of this week's activities posted online spells out the details. Exploring sensuality and herbalism. That's a big one, I guess. I never thought about that. Slated for Tuesday, that's today, will be, quote, a virtual evening of plant play and exploring pleasure, sensuality, and herbalism. Hmm. Too bad I'm stuck in Georgia. I think that I live in Southern California and I'm missing an evening of plant play and herbalism. The sacrifices I make. Also on Tuesday is, quote, playing with others, creating sex-positive communities. What does that mean, sex-positive communities? I don't know what it means, but I'm reading it to you. An in-person event that is, quote, adult-themed and shame-free. They're big on being shame-free. That is that I, that I will acknowledge. USC is the latest campus to launch a sex week, a tradition that originated at the Ivy League universities. Wow, what a shockeroo! The most prestigious universities came up with sex week. Harvard was the first university to shut down because of COVID. Very fitting. The more prestigious, the more foolish. That turns out to be the case. And number one, the one that started it, is probably the worst. Yale. Yale pioneered the hosting of a campus sex week. I wasn't surprised to read that. Yale is a wasteland. Since then, dozens of students, groups across the nation have followed suit. Over the years, workshops such as uh, if you're if a little kid in the car with you, you might want to turn the volume down for the next one minute. Then I'll be, then we'll be back. Some, I, I, I think I could read this stuff. So here we go. Masturbation for manifestation. I don't understand that one. Butt stuff 2.0. Sex and Pain from Ow to Wow. That's witty. Negotiating Successful Threesomes. That, if there's anything college students need, it's successful threesomes. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. As sex weeks increase in number of campuses, so does the number of depressed students especially girls, because this does not comport with female sexual nature. This all comports with male sexual nature, even though I'll bet most of this is being led by women. 
Finally, earlier this year, Tulane University Sex Week included a gallery dedicated to the vast spectrum of genitalia. Ooh, how did I miss that one? What does that even mean? The vast spectrum of genitalia. This month, universities such as Wake Forest and Kent State will also host sex weeks. I am a libertarian on sexual matters, but I think that this is all a bad idea. This is sort of the last thing that most college kids need. Notice there's not even a love week. How Imagine marriage week. Great virtues of marriage. Wow. Maybe conservatives on campuses should start marriage. Okay, yep. I discussed last hour the deterioration of the armed forces. The the Army can't make its quote. Uh, they're lowering standards, and they still can't make their quota. It's a combination of contempt for the military and the despicable people who now run many of the armed forces. The, the cowards who put their own careers way above the good of the country and will spout the nonsense of white supremacy and the need for transgender troops. It's a very, uh, very good example of the left ruins everything it touches. Everything. Let's go to uh, Patrick in uh, no location. Hello, Patrick. Mr. Prager, honor to talk to you, sir. So I uh, didn't give my state because I'm in the Armor Reserve, and that would be very easy to narrow down with who I am. But okay. I'll be retiring right. next June with almost 21 years in, almost entirely because of how woke the Army's gotten. And another point on their lack of recruiting, I was in high school. Oh, wait, 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 before you, wait, before you go, wait, 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 before you go to that, please give me an example of the wokeness. Uh, our transgender brief is talking about how uh, males that identify as females, if they've gone through the system, can shower and bunk with biological females, even though they're biologically males. And the females can't be kind of like those uh, volleyball players. On the duty side, I have no idea, but we've been briefed on it, so they expect Right, I understand. Like right. Yeah, of course. Okay, go ahead. What was your second point? Uh, the recruitment goals, so I was a senior in high school on 9-11. That was about 95% of why I enlisted in the Army to begin with, because it was a sense of national pride and love for my country and patriotism. The new generation simply doesn't have that anymore. That's correct. And that's probably a big reason why they're falling short yeah. on not just the Army, but all branches. That's correct. Well, thank you for calling. It is... It, this is a national tragedy uh, for those of us who want to preserve America. For the left, this is a victory. <laughs> That's right. Daniel in Cleveland, where they changed the name from Indians for no good reason. Hello. 
No good reason, but um, I hope they win tonight against the Yankees regardless. So um, let me ask you a question. When you talk about them to friends, are you now using the term guardians? Um, if it is, it's sort of begrudgingly like the conversations usually. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not asking it as an accusation. I, I, I'm just curious about how the habit uh, is forming or not. You you know, we, um, I'm a lifelong baseball fan as is my family and friends. We, we love our team. We want them to succeed. They're playing great. Um, and it's like I say, I sort of in in our private talks with each other. I think you'll see the term "go Indians" more often than "guardians." Let's put it that way. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. I was just curious. Go ahead. So I, your topic it just reminds me of of, of something that I've heard often. Um, your 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 uh, former station mate uh, Michael Medved used to talk about this often. The idea that. In marriage, people who are married are far more likely to have sex than people who are not married. And the idea of a sort of sex week without the promotion of that idea, like, hey, you want to have more sex? Settle down. That's a very interesting approach. I I doubt if that's being said in any one of these places, but it's a very good point. Get married, have sex. By the way, even just advocating get get married, have sex, you would be so one would be so dismissed as a as a religious fanatic as irrelevant. The more I think about it, the the more I realize that what I wrote in my column today, today's Tuesday, there are literally one thousand columns of mine on the internet. They're mostly written about timeless subjects. This is one of them. What is conservatism? And it is conserving the best of the past. That's what it is. It's a gift to young people to give them the best, the best ideas, the best values, the best art, the best music, the best literature. That's what conservatism is. It conserves the best. The opposite of conservatism, progressivism, conserves nothing. That's why it destroys everything. It conserves nothing. Just saying to a young person, hey, maybe you should, you should uh, not have uh, participate in the hookup culture, you, forgetting even moral reasons. Just, it, it won't make you happier. Certainly to women. Might make some men happier. Got to acknowledge nature. But it won't make almost any woman happier. Give, uh, g- give some thought to getting married. Maybe in the long run, that that is a greater likelihood of joy and meaning in life, making a family, and even having sex. Is anybody advocating that on the campus? Anybody? All right, 1-8 Prager 776 from Atlanta, Georgia. Dennis Prager. All right, everybody. Dennis Prager here. I think that I was the first American media person to have this 
man on when he was still Australian. I may be wrong. I'll ask him. Nick Adams is, uh, and I have a very long-standing relationship. Nick uh, fell in love with the United States, immigrated here from Australia, and has started his own organization, which we'll hear about. His next book is coming out in a couple of weeks. You can certainly pre-order it, and we'll talk about that. So, Nick, uh, let me see. Do I see you, Nick, or do I just hear you? I see you. I can see see you. I can hear you. Well, great. Yes, all is good. Yes. So, Nick, tell everybody a little about Flag, and then we'll get to your book. Well, Dennis, it's great to be back with you. Uh, This is actually the very first time I am having an interview with you that I am a United States citizen. Oh, wow. yeah, so this is a very special moment. Because it is a very special the, uh, moment. I'm very touched. You were the first. Uh, you were the first man to find me in America, and uh, it took a long time. But last year in December, I took the oath and I became a citizen of the United States, completing my journey here. So I'm very thankful to you. I'm very proud to be an American, and I'm delighted to be on the show back here with you today. So. Introducing myself, I'm an American citizen, uh, an immigrant, a legal immigrant from Australia. Uh, I do have an organization called FLAG, the Foundation for Liberty and American Greatness. And we are all about making sure that we restore patriotism in K-12 schools. And we make sure that every single young American knows that the day that they were born here or the day that they moved here permanently is the day that they won the lottery of life. So uh, FLAG is a big organization now, uh, flagusa.org. We have a $2 million budget. Uh, We're doing fabulous things. More than 1.3 million public school children have got at least one of our resources. We created a whole bunch of resources relating to the founding documents. So we are truly thriving, and uh, it's because there is such a need, Dennis, to restore education, restore patriotism, and make sure that Americans understand what it means to be an American and that they have fidelity to the American value system, something that I know is very close to your heart. Indeed. Let me ask you about the the ceremony. What was that like when you took the oath as an American? It was amazing, Dennis. It was emotional. Uh, it was incredible. I had my uh, paternal grandmother. She made her maiden voyage to the United States of America to be there at the uh, tender age of 84. Um, it was it was very, very special. Uh, it's incredible. I encourage all of your listeners to go and read the oath that you need to affirm when you become a citizen. It's quite in- remarkable. I mean, you're, 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 you're told that you'll need to bear arms in the event that it's required. Uh, it's It's... The level of detail is amazing, and anybody that loves patriotism and loves America and wants to be inspired by some of the laws and rules that we have already on the books, they should go and read it because it's it's quite amazing what it asks of the person becoming a citizen to do and be. You think the that the vast majority of the others taking the oath felt as moved as you did? I think so, Dennis. I think so. Everyone I saw, 
uh, around the the uh, building there, they were all very emotional. They were very, very happy. They were waving American flags. Everybody, of course, comes from a different background, uh, and they had their different reasons for becoming a citizen. But I, I do think that the overwhelming majority of people that were around the ceremony uh, were, were very, very happy uh, to be- become American. Now let's turn to you and your new book, and we'll get to it. We're going to take a break now, Nick, but I want everybody to know you can pre-order it at Amazon. The Most Dangerous President in History is his book coming out next month, but again, it's easy to pre-order. And we'll talk to you about that, Nick, and also about how America's changed since you, you first fell in love with it. Back in a moment with Nick Adams. Hello, my friends. I'm speaking with Nick Adams. Just became an American citizen. Fell in love with this country as a young man. He's still a young man, but he was a really, really young man. But America (laughs) has changed a lot since he fell in love with it. I'll talk to you about that in a moment. Got a book coming out, which is accurate, unfortunately. The Most Dangerous President in History. It's coming out November 15th. You can pre-order it at Amazon. I assume there's a link at DennisPrager.com. So here's an interesting point that I make, Nick. And I'd like to get your reaction. I'd like everybody who is listening to ask a liberal or left relative or friend, why do you think that Putin invaded Ukraine under the Democratic president of Barack Obama and the Democratic president, Joe Biden, but not the Republican president uh, that was uh, between them, a man named Donald Trump? What do you think someone on the left would answer? Well, I think someone on the list would say that it was merely a matter of happenstance, timing. Uh, it had nothing to do with who was president of the United States at the time. Uh, of course, Dennis, I completely disagree with that. I think we've seen throughout history that weakness is provocative and bullies smell weakness. And Vladimir Putin saw an opportunity under Joe Biden and Barack Obama earlier and decided to pounce on that opportunity. He didn't have the testicular fortitude or perhaps the intelligence, one might say, to do it under under Donald Trump. So that's why he chose to do it under Joe Biden and Barack Obama, two pussycats, as opposed to the Republican line that we had in Donald Trump. So it would appear to me. I think the question is unanswerable. So you say, obviously, that's the title of your book, The Most Dangerous President in History. I happen to agree. What What are your two or three biggest arguments? Oh, look, Dennis, where do we <laughs> where do we begin? I think the great challenge with this new book. And by the way, over the years, I have promoted a few books on your show. You've always very generously and kindly offered me a platform to do so. But this book is by far and away the most important book that I have ever written. It is. So, I mean, the things that I discovered as I researched it, 
are things that everyday Americans need to know and understand about the man in the White House right now, and they need to take action on it because of what's happening in a few weeks' time and obviously in a couple of years' time when we're looking at the 2024 election. Joe Biden, Dennis, is dangerous, destructive, divisive and incompetent. Uh, He is like a rudderless ship battered by political winds. Uh, He is exactly where his Marxist handlers want him to be, in the White House and senile. Uh, The Biden administration is dominated by left-wing and global extremists. They make the decisions. They make the policies. Biden does not know what day it is. Biden is just a figurehead, rarely let loose in front of the camera or microphone. And when he is, it is clear to see that he has dementia and he cannot string a sentence successfully together. Biden's complete surrender to extreme left forces, BLM, Antifa, defund the police, and his and his family's close financial ties to China make him very dangerous to Western civilization. In fact, the most dangerous president that we have ever, ever had. Now, Dennis, I reveal things in this book that nobody knows about the Biden crime family. It is worse than we have ever seen before. Most people think that Joe Biden is simply a swamp creature that's been there for 50 years, and that's true. But something else has happened in those 50 years, and that is that the media has run a protection racket to conceal the truth about Joe Biden and the truth about his family's actions and things like that. There is a real Biden crime family here. Miranda Devine has done some great work. Uh, This book really looks at all of that. It looks at the policies uh, that Joe Biden is promoting, albeit not coming up with. Uh, He is a puppet, Dennis, and And in the same way that some people are driven and successful, he is a parasitic socialist failure. And very sadly, we have a person like that that is in the White House right now. And that's why it is a very, very dangerous time for us. We have to fight woke when we see it. And we've also got to get rid, I think, of fake conservatives because those two things are stopping us from being able to see the the, the real Joe Biden and that's why we're in the predicament that we're in now. Well, that should be persuasive to uh, many of my listeners to get your book. Pre-order it now, The Most Dangerous President in History, because it documents, it doesn't merely make assertions with regard to the damage that this president is doing. And how do people get in touch with FLAG, your organization? Dennis, they can go to flagusa.org. That's flagusa.org. Or my personal website, Nick Adams, uh, nickadamsusa.com. Nick Ad- I'm sorry, I had a Rick Perry moment there. Nickadamsusa.com. Yes. Well, you're doing important and, work. Yeah, where, Dennis, where, 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 yeah. Before I let you, you go, I just want to share with you. I don't, I don't know if you heard about the breaking news, but the U.S. bobsled bobsled team has just decided to rename their sled Biden because nothing goes downhill faster. Well, I want you to know you made Sean laugh. That, that's, that's an accomplishment. <laughs> that's good. 
Nick, it is a joy to see you and to speak with you. Again, folks, the book is up at DennisPrager.com or just go to Amazon, The Most Dangerous President in History, and he's running a very important organization, FlagUSA.org. Good luck, my new fellow American, Nick Adams. Bittersweet. All right, everybody, Dennis Prager here. Welcome back, or welcome to the show, The Ultimate Issues Hour, every Tuesday, the third hour, coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm here with some of my colleagues at Salem Radio, Seb Gorka and Mike Gallagher, and we'll be uh, we'll be here for the for the uh, for the evening. Be in Philly tomorrow night and Pittsburgh Thursday night. Contact the station. Just go to their websites, and you will see uh, where we'll be. The reason for the ultimate issues hour it doesn't need to be explained, but it does need to be explained. It shouldn't need to be, I should say, but it does. It does need to be. It should be clearer than ever that we have not offered wisdom to the next generation. There are so many reasons why not. One is the secularization of society. Secularism provides no wisdom. uh, There is not a single wise secular institution. There are individuals who are secular and wise, and the odds are they simply got their wisdom from the religious either the upbringing of they of them or their parents or just of the society generally wisdom means that you understand life better and that is the reason for the ultimate issues hour it is to understand life better people are are so amenable now to nonsense to crazy ideas like men give birth it's crazy do you understand Defending a girl's decision to remove her breasts at the age of 18. Forget forget minors. You, you defend it at 18? You defend a girl's decision at 18 to smoke a cigarette? You understand how sick our society has become that a girl can't smoke a cigarette at 18, but she could have her breasts chopped off if she says she's a boy? Do you understand how sick we've become And do you understand that it is entirely a creation of the secular world? The secular world is the world of idiocy. The entire West is rooted in the wisdom of the Bible, not in the wisdom of secularism. It doesn't provide wisdom secularism. All secularism provides is the death of religion and God. Great achievement. It may be terrific for government, but it stinks, at least in Western society. I'd be very happy if, if you, the Iranian government became secular. But that's it's not part of the Judeo-Christian world, Iran. God, it's so obvious when you think about it. Everything I'm saying is so obvious. Can't have a cigarette, but she could have her breasts taken off. And some sick, perverted surgeon takes them off. The, the moral deterioration of the medical profession ha- has been so dramatic the, with the American Medical Association announcing that birth certificates should not list the sex of a child because we don't know it at birth. 
That's the American Medical Association. It prompted me to, uh, well, somebody I respect sent me an email that I must read. I remember when it came out, a man named Lofton, I don't remember his first name, wrote a book on the Nazi doctors and what happened to the medical profession in Nazi Germany. And I'm not comparing Nazi Germany to America. I'm just saying that the ease with which doctors become awful human beings is a very scary one. And I say this not only with doctors in my family, but I say this who are wonderful people. But I say this as one whose life has been saved by doctors. One doesn't negate the other. We have we have bred fools for getting medicine, just in general. That's why I have been working so hard to produce my Bible commentary, the Rational Bible. Read the 4,000 reviews. Read 200. Read 20 of the 4,000 on my Genesis and Exodus. Deuteronomy came out last week. You know... You know by now, because I've said it a number of times, the founders of this country cited Deuteronomy more than any other book, secular or religious. Did you know that Jesus cited Deuteronomy more than any other book other than Psalms? That's how important this book is. People know very little of it. In fact, a lot of people don't know what Deuteronomy is. I, I started with Genesis and Exodus because I knew people heard of it but I'm getting into an arena where people never heard of it. I'm working on numbers now. Who knows what the book of numbers is? They think it's a math book. Also filled with life-changing lessons. I hope you get to Deuteronomy. You can't accuse me of doing this for money. Nobody writes Deuteronomy commentaries to make a fortune. This is a work of trying to make clear the only way we're going to get out of our decline in the West, and that is by the reassertion of the Bible and its values. What book would you like to see substitute for the Bible? Ask your, ask your relative who doesn't think the Bible is worth studying. I, I opened up the show talking about sex week at our universities. Imagine if they had Bible week. Didn't they have, actually, wasn't there Bible Month in America? There might still be, but no, no, nobody, nobody takes it seriously. doesn't compare to any, any given other month, LGBTQ Month, Black, Black History Month, Hispanic History Month, all worthy of being taught. But I don't think they should dwarf the significance of the Bible. The left has done such a good job of minimizing the significance of the Bible that the very notion of advocating its study means you have to defend yourself against charges of being some sort of, quote, Bible thumper. There's no secular book thumper. There are only Bible thumpers, right? Are you an enlightenment thumper? <laughs> no, Bible thumper. I don't know what thumper means even. You have to defend yourself 
against accusations of being a fanatic, being stupid. After all, do bright people take the Bible seriously? This is the this is the implied message that your kids get at a school. So I am on a lifelong mission to get people to take this book, these books, seriously. They are the greatest ever written. There is no comparison. And that's why I have them as the rational Bible. I hope you get it. Deuteronomy is the latest edition. It's the third of five books that I am working on. I have been giving you examples of some of the ideas in Deuteronomy. The best and biggest is the Ten Commandments. There are 240 laws in Deuteronomy. It's Moses reviewing the the text of the previous books, Numbers and Leviticus, he uh, and Exodus. He is in he is the dominant figure in four books. He's not obviously he doesn't appear in Genesis. And you have the Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy, reviewed by Moses, given by God in Exodus, and reviewed by Moses virtually word for word. Certainly the same commandments, but he changed a a couple of things, like the reason for the Sabbath. The genius of the Ten Commandments is one of the reasons that I believe it is God-given. I'll review a little of the genius with you. People don't realize it. I look it up on the Internet, and it's fascinating to see leftists who think the Ten Commandments are useless. One one writer wrote, Why is there no law against rape? Hmm. Well, then we would have a hundred commandments. Back in the moment. Yes, another professor giving a five-minute video at PragerU. The mockers of PragerU don't realize how many distinguished academics have given courses in our 500 five-minute videos. Back to the Ultimate Issues Hour. It's been my lifelong mission to warn people against the utterly corrosive, destructive, nihilistic consequences of secularism. It's not obvious now. It'll never be obvious. The secular say men give birth. The secular say it's just fine if an 18-year-old girl has her breasts removed because she thinks she's a boy. It's not fine, however, if she smokes a cigarette. Moral and intellectual chaos have resulted from the death of the Bible as the basis of values in this country. It is as obvious as anything could be. We are living in chaos. We weren't living in such chaos when the Bible was taken seriously. There's no comparison. Intellectually either. Read how kids, read Civil War Soldiers who didn't finish high school read their letters home. They sound Shakespearean compared to a typical college kid's 
inane, nothing, vocabulary-free, grammar-challenged, spelling-challenged paper today. They all knew the difference between it's and it's, I-T-S and I-T apostrophe S. Yeah, that's right. Like to know the great consequences of a secular society in, 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 in America. I'd like to know what they are. What would you list? Everything woke emanates from that. Foothill Ranch, California, and Dan, hello. Hi, Dennis. Uh, Thanks for taking my call. I was Mm -hmm. raised Catholic. I had kids when I was 19. I'm 57 now. And because of my experience with the Catholic Church, I gave no uh, importance to religion. Uh, They went to church with their friends. And uh, my oldest son, he has nothing to do with religion, and his kids reflect it. My youngest son... His wife is raising their kids Christian, and I just bought her Deuteronomy because he teaches a Bible study. And if I just look to my two sons' families, I can see the exact opposite of the results I was hoping for. One's very good, and one I'm worried about because they're addicted to to technology. What a dramatic call. So uh, I'm curious... You obviously had a negative experience in the church. I, 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 I gather that. Yes. So do you feel you made a mistake in rejecting the whole thing because of that bad experience? Yes. Um, I tried going to other churches. I tried Methodist. I tried Baptist. I tried Lutheran. In the end, it all came down to a power struggle, and... It, I just what does that mean? I'm sorry. What, what, a power struggle between what and what, or who and whom? Uh, how you, okay, how the, uh, um, they were more in love with the uh, power of the church being able to affect people's lives in their own way, not in God's way. They were empowering, give money, it makes you look better for the sound system, for the church versus... So while, all right, so... So what would you have done differently now that you see the results? Uh, I, would have con- I would have put aside the negative and just focused on the positive of the message and the need for it. Exactly. Thank you. That's right. My friends, if you're looking for the perfect church or synagogue, it is as unattainable as the perfect anything else. Anything humans are involved with must always fall short of some ideal. You know what has hit me in the last few years? The the notion, I've done this on the happiness hour. I should do it on any hour again. Everybody is a package. And you are a package as well. Your church is a package, your pastor, your rabbi, your priest, their packages, everybody is a package. And nobody's package is only wonderful. You might think your package is only wonderful, <laughs> but let me just assure you, it's probably not. And, and, and 
You just accept that fact. That doesn't mean you accept every flaw. You try to work on them. That's the beauty of, of, of leading a good life is you try to be better. But there's, there's no perfect church, synagogue, clergyman, or anything like that. But it offers, in its flawed way in most cases, there are some terrible cases, it offers you the best answer to how to raise a child. That's what they need to know. Uh, let's see. Dean in Northvale, New Jersey. The famous Dean of Northvale. <laughs> Hi, Dennis. Yes, the famous <laughs> Dean. You know, I was raised uh, very Greek Orthodox, and I was in church every weekend and I got nothing, zero out of the Bible. I learned how to say the creed in Greek, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But I don't even know what the creed is. I had, I definitely got more out of your uh, rational Bible series, just the two, than anything I could have gotten uh, throughout, literally till about 13, 14 years going to church. Very sad. I wish I would have uh, had it earlier. Uh, I mean, I was uh, an atheist practically my whole life until until uh your Dennis Prager show on on the radio uh, I was an atheist completely uh I- wow wow I'll tell you that's powerful I'll react so my last caller was Dean in Northvale New Jersey and as I am wont to say on occasion I will tell you your name and your city and say the famous this case, I said, oh, the famous Dean of Northvale. Turns out he is famous. There's one person in the studio with me here in Atlanta, Eric Hansen, the great engineer of Mike Gallagher's and other shows and hours on the road, including, of course, Sean back home. You know Dean of Northvale. You have met Dean. And what does he do? He runs a food truck. Dean of Northvale, you are really the famous Dean of Northvale. Every single person in my vicinity knows you. If that's not famous, nothing is. Anyway, I look, when you say I, I got you away from atheism, you made my day. The arguments that I present are, are I believe, dispositive. They're arguments. They're not proofs. They're arguments. They're very powerful arguments. That's why I'm working feverishly to get these five books out. The third just came out last week of the Rational Bible Deuteronomy. It's the best book ever written, not Deuteronomy. All the books that I'm talking about, but Deuteronomy is exceptional. Yep. Let's see. So you folks have interesting calls. I wish I could take more. We're just about out of time. That's interesting. I asked about teaching your own kids. Lorraine in Redondo Beach, California, is teaching the Bible to her grandchildren. She didn't to her own kids. Boy, I'll tell you the call I had before that about the child raised with religion and the child not, and now how, watching how the grandchildren have turned out. This is so important. 
You know why people don't want to teach their kids religion? I'll tell you why. One, they've been brainwashed into believing it's stupid. But the bigger reason, it means that there's something smarter than you and there is someone that is higher than you. People are not comfortable with that. That's what it's really all about. That's why I've come to the conclusion, as did the Ten Commandments, it only offers a reward for in, in writing. In the Ten Commandments, only one reward is mentioned on one commandment. Honor your father and mother so that you will live long on the land that I give you. Hierarchy is necessary or civilization will die. Parents are weaker and God is weaker. And you know what's stronger? The state. Are you happy with that? Thank you for listening. I'm Dennis Prager. The Dennis Prager Show, live from the Relief Factor Pain-Free Studio. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.